man? How's your day been today? Um, it's uh, quite uh, crowded uh, <laughs> with things. <laughs> awesome. Where are you calling from? Uh, what part of the world are you in? Currently, I'm in Berlin. Uh, I'm at a co-working space called Full Mouth. That's awesome. I think we'll jump right into it. Um, I think the first questions we love to ask our guests is how did you get introduced to the world of crypto? Because I feel like everyone has such a unique story to it. So I would love to know from you. The introduction was pretty short. I just somehow heard about Bitcoin and I liked the name. Uh, (laughs) I was a geek in computer science, uh, first year of college, I think 2013 or so, or 12 maybe. And, you know, bit, and I, I kept, it was also a period in my life where I kept zooming into more and more about um, the sort of uh, machine language, not just the higher level pro- programming languages that I had used before in, in high school. And yeah, just bit and coin. So it's like, oh, amazing. We need money to be controlled by technology, not by old people and governments. Absolutely. I think that's a point a lot of us can relate to. And a lot of work that, you know, Lawrence has been doing is about longevity. And before we dive into the deep question on, you know, deep conversation around, you know, what got you started in that space, I would love if in like one line you could explain to someone who's new in the space on what really is longevity and then start with, you know, what is making you work towards it. Yeah, I think it uh, the best way to look at it is trying to uh, bring aging under medical control, looking at aging as the medical problem it is, as the the root cause for all of the chronic diseases that come with age. Um, You get Alzheimer's and cancer and heart disease and diabetes and so on. Uh, All of these sort of go up exponentially uh, with age in terms of the chance you get them. Um, and COVID, by the way, as well, is, is also, you know, it, it goes as, uh, up exponentially, the, the chance of dying, right, with age. Yeah. Um, so if you, if you keep people healthy and uh, young and you prevent all of these diseases and, and people can contribute more and, and um, instead of being kept in a poor state of health for longer by the current paradigm of treating symptoms with pharma Absolutely. drugs. Absolutely. And I think just to be in voice of the audience, you know, someone might say, why is it important to work, you know, towards longevity? Because it's just something that's, you know, God's plan, right? Like people age, that's like just a part of life. So um, I would love for you to talk about the importance of like, why do you feel like it's important for us to address these and look them as challenges, something for us to interfere in something towards to work towards them? People said this about everything, right? even even uh, antibiotics what are we gonna do it's not it's unnatural um people are gonna we're gonna have overpopulation people are gonna eat each other because they're not gonna die of these diseases that most people died of like uh, bacterial infections viral infections um and obviously nobody is making an argument to bring back cholera um <laughs> yes and also with cancer as well it had this a story about uh just people thought it's, well, it's people die of natural causes, but then we identified, okay, so this specific type of thing that's happening with age, um, you know, more and more DNA mutations, more chances you get cancer. And so, um, yeah, it's cancer and we, we got to fight it. The, the nice thing there is that a lot of kids also got it. Or not a lot, but a few, but they're loud and emotional stories. Yeah. Um, even though obviously still old people get most cancer. 
um, I think that helped a lot with the um, perspective sort of PR um, campaign around cancer. Right. So I think we need to do the same for for aging. Just sort of uh, look at it as sure it's natural. A lot of bad things are natural. Um, the question is how can we do something about it? Absolutely. I would love for you to talk about Vita Dao, you know, the start, the story and journey. Like, I feel like the audience would even love to hear about your work around it. I was trying to uh, make a... I, I noticed this sort of intersection between the top KOLs in crypto and the idea of longevity biotech. Um, so Vitalik Buterin is one of the most known um, and uh, Balaji Srinivasan and Brian Armstrong and Jed McCaleb and, and so on. The list goes on um, of people that are aligned with this new way of doing medicine. I think it kind of makes sense. You have people that are futurists and, and very, very much forward thinking and um, they also probably uh, identify with with something that's sort of dismissed by the incumbents right the the way I was trying to do it before Vida Dao um, was to make a sort of non-profit Dao where we would uh, pool money together and have a bonding curve to uh, for the token and sort of give money away to the um, to the labs that are lesser known um, it just made sense to kind of unite, to give a, a native way for people in crypto to contribute to longevity. Uh, if so many millions of people are interested in this. Yeah. And um, and then VidaDAO sort of um, got born from uh, Molecule's IPNFT framework, enabling it to have a treasury that is backed by real assets in the real world intellectual property, real drugs uh, that are sort of, that the DAO owns rights to via, via an NFT that right. represents the legal contract. Right. So I, um, I joined a few months before launch and we had a fair auction where everyone could um, bid for the token, uh, including ourselves. There was no pre-sale or pre-allocation you know allocation to a team or anything. Yeah. And then after people bought the token, then um, everyone got the same price based on supply and demand. Then there was a vote to give us a budget and so on. And, and it's been about a year now, uh, a year and a few months since we launched. That's amazing. So initially you guys started VitaDAO for a way to like raise funds to be able to, you know, fund these um, less popular labs. I, initially I was, um, that was the way I was trying to do it before VitaDAO and uh, with VitaDAO is, is literally um, purchasing assets, purchasing rights to IP, basically funding research projects yeah. in academia or, or biotech companies, right. uh, doing that research. Um, so you build some intellectual property, you get some patents maybe, and yeah. then um, at some point these get of course spun out into startups. And these startups can of course raise money from traditional venture capital and, and angel investors. Yeah. But um, Unlike other um, areas like crypto, uh, in, in crypto you can just start a company um, or uh, raise money with a token to fund your idea. In science, usually you need uh, a government grant for when the idea is quite basic. 
Um, and then only after you have a patent, you can raise money from angels and VCs. Whereas in, you know, in tech, you can raise from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's quite, quite different in, in that way. It's not something that researchers usually do. They don't start companies, just like programmers didn't used to do maybe in the 90s or 80s. Um, so I think the, the biotech industry is also uh, ripe for uh, the same kind of innovation that occurred in, in tech. Absolutely. What was the date when you guys, when did, um, you know, Vita Dao was born? Like, what was that date? You said it's been a year? June 18th uh, was when we started the auction and June 23rd was when we ended the auction. And then maybe the smart contract was deployed sometime in August. I see. And at that time, did you imagine your community to, to become so big? Because I feel like one would feel like, oh, it's like such a, it's still, it's still a niche, right? Like decentralized science and working towards longevity. But today you guys are like 14,000 followers on Twitter and one of the strongest, most amazing community working around like such an important mission. So do you ever think about that? I thought by now we'll have a billion dollars in, <laughs> in the treasury, but, uh, you know, actually, of course, I mean, uh, I, I'm not realistic in my hopes, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I definitely, uh, I'm definitely humbled by all that's happened. Um, yeah. The space has grown so much with DSI, right? Um, and we definitely um, have a good sitting in, in this. And, and that just means there is, the inflection point is still, is still in front of us. Like it's, it's gonna come soon yeah. where the world starts realizing this, this new way of doing things. Absolutely. It's much better, and we've proven that it's not just ideas. We've actually executed. We've funded over 14, 15 research or projects in general, um, and we've deployed about $3 million. That is amazing. And we have a lot more to, to deploy. <laughs> That's so awesome. What is even realistic? The fact I... I... I find that conversation so fascinating because what is very realistic for you could be really outrageous for me. And I think I was just having this discussion with a friend, like it's about like having the audacity to ask, having the audacity to have such a big dream because it's crypto realistic, you know, the fact that we have like DAOs we're working in, you know, um, bringing all these people together with a shared mission from different parts of the world, different currencies, whatnot. I think none of this is quote unquote realistic, but you know, here we are. So I think um, it's awesome that you guys have such a big ambition and are working towards it. You guys recently had a partnership going on with Pfizer. Like that was a huge, huge, huge moment. Talk about that. How did that happen? Um, honestly, just they came, <laughs> they came on our um, Discord and, and meetings um, and they started talking to us. We have these uh, uh, Friday meetings where we sort of sync and, and go through the deal flow and 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 assign projects and and so on um and yeah someone from Pfizer Ventures uh, really wanted to get involved and um, started commenting on our governance forum where we put out projects and they were asking amazing questions and right. they've been providing value and and so we started this uh, sort of first institutional genesis fundraise um to allow institutions like pharma companies like Pfizer and other uh, sort of VC funds that we can sort of collaborate with on deal flow and so on, for them to be members of VitaDAO as institutions, yeah. as we call them strategic members, so they can indeed contribute capital, but also they have to not be passive uh, because it's not a you know it's not a security and so on. Everyone has to uh, govern, but we want 
strategic input. So DO flow help with you know, governance and tokenomics and so on from each sort of uh, entity. And you can see all of these on, on our governance forum, the proposals, what what each one provides, and it's still up for, for voting and it's, it's going to go on change soon. That's awesome. I would love to ask you, I understand the mission that VitaDAO has. I would love to ask, like, you know, Lawrence personally, what is it that you would say is your mission? What is it something that drives you personally? I really love life and <laughs> um, I want to do everything that's needed and, and possible. Um, and people say it's impossible to prolong this amazing existence. Uh, I'm really curious to see the future. Um, and I'm quite optimistic, but also realistic. So I'm trying to um, use the scientific approach to how can I have the most impact. Yeah. Um, and and definitely the answer right now is is working on aging and and um, accelerating progress. So we have more startups that are targeting aging um, and and making therapeutics, you know, drugs, gene therapies, and so on. Um, yes. And advancing those as fast as possible onto humans, proving the model, and then, you know, hopefully the world wakes up from the pro-aging trends, and we've got, you know, a billion people mobilized towards this as a, as a moonshot, as a new approach to medicine and the, the way to do it. That is phenomenal. What would you say made you passionate about the Web3 space and especially its intersection with science? Um, would love for you to expand on that. So, as I was saying earlier, like in science, you would re you need to rely on government grants usually, and uh, especially with something like longevity. Imagine if if crypto needed government funding to to get started, right? Like uh, instead of just individuals and 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 VCs and and so on providing some of that seed funding. Um, so this is the state of, of science today, and that's why we need decentralized science. We need the people to decide. Like this is a, even though it's dismissed by the incumbents, uh, the ones sitting at the NIA and and all the funding agencies, yeah. we actually think that this is how we should do it. We should prevent these diseases instead of keeping people um, suffering for longer with with drugs that they gotta take every every year, every day, whatever. Um, and yeah, we can sort of get together, have our own sort of incentive systems, incentive mechanisms for funding one, for execution two, for people to sort of um, go get away with the bureaucracy that is usually in academia and in biotech, just easily exchange lab services and everything that they need to do on the execution layer to innovate um, instead of the you know old system uh, with all its uh, sort of petrified problems and then also on the publishing side um, so instead of the, the model where you had these printed magazines that you would send out to people now you can just some, put something online the problem is journals are still requiring um, review pre-publication so that can be in nature sometimes it's delayed in the general nature I've seen delays of like up to a year from when the, the paper is submitted until it's published yeah. um, I mean, it's fine to, to go through a review period, but it, it could be much faster. And, and um, especially during COVID, you, you've seen people just post papers out for a preprint server, which is great. But the problem was it's just a PDF. I, ideally, you would have like on the side, like a comment section with upvotes and like you see on Hacker News or Reddit, 
just rethinking publishing as well and, and the way we do peer review. So VitaDAO has a side project on, on that as well. We call it uh, TLDR, the Longevity Decentralized Review. Yeah. Um, and uh, also starting a, a fully-fledged journal that is, is going to actually pay researchers to review and actually pay people to, to be editors as opposed to the usual uh, way of doing things where nobody is paid. All, all these researchers are are using government funding to do their work and then they, they uh, review other papers for free and then the journals keep all the all the revenue but not, don't even give it to the public absolutely um, they don't give the right so i think we need open access pay for peer review but um also pay the people with using that money yeah I think that's so amazing what you're doing, right? Like rewarding talent. And I feel like that's exactly what Web3 is about, you know, for like creators to have ownership, um, have flexibility and have like decision-making power. Uh, so you say, when is this uh, journal and publishing thing going live? Or is it live already? Uh, there is a longevity.review as a, as a sort of MVP for a peer review service and preprint server. Right. And then the, the journal with, uh, with, with a bunch of really top people in the field uh, as editors and, and reviewers, that um, it's just uh, ongoing. I'm, we don't have like a date or anything, but I can tell you that um, all of the team from the Aging Cell journal by Wiley yeah. quit because they weren't paid and, and the, the conditions were not ideal for science. Right. Um, so we're trying to do something with them. That's awesome. I think we will be definitely looking extremely forward um, for that. And community, we will very soon have community questions for you guys to ask Lawrence any of your questions. So please feel free to you know drop them in the chat below. And um, yeah, you know, talking about Web three, I understand why you are passionate about it. And thank you so much for sharing. But why specifically work around DAOs? I'd love to know that. Be because of this, the the vision of doing science in a decentralized way, um, questioning um, more easily the ways things are done and, and, and uh, having a quick sort of um, innovation, I guess, uh, iteration cycle to try all kinds of new mechanisms and new organizational structures and not be constrained by any sort of centralized uh, dictator or uh, something that is trying to regulate and, and um, hinder progress um, so I, th I see a lot of um, hindrances in what we uh, are doing um, to sort of allow people to be faster at the uh, innovations we need for for longevity ultimately yeah. Um, so yeah I, I'm hoping that when in this space um, with all the scalability and the permissionless nature and the open nature and transparent yeah. um, not only can we get more people to easily add value easily be empowered financially if they're intrinsically motivated to yeah. um, but also uh, yeah just try to get away uh, with with those barriers um, absolutely yeah I think one of the, you know, um, we just hosted uh, Lucas, you know, I feel like you might know Lucas as model on our last Discord space and he was so excited for you to feature on a guest uh, today's Monday episode. Um, and this was something he was talking about that the amazing thing about DAOs is like, you know, they're permissionless and people get to decide. But what DAOs I feel like today are struggling with is 
people are not being able to like you know go full time in DAOs, right? Because most of the DAOs are not well funded, uh, right? People at the end of the day have to pay their rent, you know, have to put food on the table, and because of that, they're missing out on talent. And even if they do have talent, because people are really driven by the mission, people are still like part time in DAOs, you know. So they're not able to like you know you can imagine being part time committed towards something versus you know being full time committed towards something. So did you have that problem initially of like you know gathering talent? bringing people on to Vita and um, stuff like that? I would say no. Uh, before we launched, we had a great team of people that um, were just really excited about the vision. Um, and then probably also lucky enough to to somehow be um, free to do it without too many... Um, constraints requirements right constraints yeah yeah <laughs> and and then even now i think yeah after we launched we had the funding so we could pay people um but i think i'm quite happy to to say that a lot of people are just really intrinsically motivated and um and we've made it work and also because it's so scalable and so permissionless it's been working out quite quite well, especially when it comes to deal flow, like sourcing projects, you know, you just have to spend an hour from time to time to talk to a few people and see if you can refer a, pro a, a research project to us if yeah. you're in that specific field. And then you get tokens or, or money, right? And um, I think that just really worked out. And also for evaluation, we have experts who already have their, you know, professor uh, proposition at the university. and they wouldn't need to be full time, right? They um, they just get paid per each review that they make for one of our projects. That's awesome. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. And I think one of the interesting questions we like to ask our audiences, because we know how time consuming like the space of Web3 and crypto is, but um, apart from crypto and DAOs, what are other side passion projects or passions of yours that you spend a lot of time in? Well, none that I spend a lot of time <laughs> in, I think. Um, that make I, you happy? Uh, I, I, yeah, I really love uh, just uh, having amazing geeky conversations, especially around effective altruism and uh, the existential risks and how we can mitigate all of those. Yeah. Um, after, I guess, after we cure aging, which is a 100% chance we die, uh, we need to also deal with the with the, some percentage chance we get hit by asteroid or pandemic or you know AI uh, alignments and things like that. Yeah. But I'm also just passionate about personal health and, and biohacking, which is not exactly part of the longevity biotech field, which is still early and has, doesn't have anything approved by clinical trials. But I'm also looking at at some of that, even though it, I don't have time for that. Um, think uh, another big piece, um, even before getting into the longevity space, I was quite interested in mind augmentation and brain machine interfaces um, and uh, just transcending and, and sort of preparing for the technological singularity that I think is coming. Um, I'm, also, I'm also, you know, a, a burner. So I like uh, the sort of abundance culture of Burning Man and, and communities and and exploring consciousness and, and psychedelics and so on. And um, also a big um, space geek, I like astrophysics and Ooh, um, chemistry and biology and computing <laughs> and so on. But uh, I really wanna 
go to space after after we sort of have this uh, aging problem handled. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Well, that's super awesome. So have you ever been to like a Burning Man or something? Yeah, yeah. I've been going for some time. <laughs> and how was your experience? Was it everything that you imagined or better or was it underwhelming? Completely different. I was uh, going there for some more superficial and, and vanity reasons and, and then I discovered <laughs> how to really connect with people and, and, and um, what really matters in life. And, and so that's why I kind of pivoted towards the field of longevity. I think that was the, the spark uh, a few many years ago going to, to Burning Man and, and meeting some people that are key and, and some of my dearest friends now. That's amazing. I I love music festivals and of course Burning Man is like the epitome of like an amazing, amazing festival. And guys, if you don't know what Burning Man is, I highly recommend you find out and add it to your bucket list because it is like phenomenal. The intersection of like people coming together, music and all sorts of other things you can imagine. So I think that's awesome. Um, and chat, please like write down your questions. I feel like this is an amazing time where you can like just directly ask Lawrence anything you want to. Um, but in the meanwhile, Lawrence, I'd have to ask you, operating in a DAO, it is still such an ambiguous place. It is still like constantly evolving. There's so many moving parts that, you know, we're still yet to understand. Um, what would you say has been like a current pain point that you've been facing at Beta DAO? I think scaling, especially around um a lot of people that are indeed more part-time and, and how can we um, enable people to um, have agency and, and, and do a lot of things without needing, because we, we try to be a, a super flat organization. So I'm a steward of the deal for working group, but that doesn't mean I'm a, a boss of anyone, right? I just kind of try to facilitate for yeah. the other members to to do each thing and, and sort of have the responsibility towards the, the DAO. Um, to hit the goals that we have um, and, and provide that guidance. But um, yeah, definitely need more people that are very uh, intrinsically motivated and um, and are, are willing to, to grind and, and do things even full-time, uh, especially I'm looking for someone full-time on, on the sort of venture associate role of, um, you know, deal flow, sourcing and and getting the deals evaluated and experts and and negotiating and then ultimately a lot of help right now is needed on in spinning out the pro the projects we funded yeah. already some of them are, are more ready to be spun out into startups and then to fundraise and to be operated like a real company um in, in biotech so we need experienced people to do that but i think you know everyone can help even with awareness and with uh, you know, legal and with um, just about operations and, and so anyone can contribute in, in various ways. So uh, I'd love to see you, you in, in the in the Discord and, and sort of chatting there and, and uh, sharing ideas and uh, offering help with various things that are going on and you can see go, going on there. 
That's awesome. You know, something we're working towards is um, Dowlands, one of the products is an onboarding tool and we've integrated that onboarding tool on our own Discord. And we are very soon making our new flow going live. And our community mostly exists of DAO admins, but what we're realizing is so many admins need like amazing contributors, right? Like that's how the DAO, you know, gets running. So, um, but they were struggling with reputation management, you know, like if people would even end up in the Discord, they're like, okay, who are you? You know, what's your level of experience? Um, can I trust you? And, and especially in the place like science and stuff where expertise is needed. Passion alone is like not enough. So um, the flow that we've incorporated is where we're asking people, you know, what is the level of contribution in DAOs, you know, what is it, um, what are the skill set, what are the interests and stuff like that. And then we will be able to collect a lot of that data on the back end so that tomorrow we can start mapping um, admins to contributors, you know, like, oh, you want a proficient, uh, you know, level of contribution. If you want a beginner in research or lawyer or whatever your skill set is, like, you know, these are the list of people you can look at. So I feel like um, once we actually do end up collecting that pool very soon, I would love for you to like, you know, get connected to and um, help us know that who is it that you're specifically looking for we can, you know, give you recommendations and pools. And we also ask people to, you know, link in their LinkedIn profile or resume or some proof of work where you're also able to evaluate, you know, um, how closely you guys have like, you know, these synergies associated. So, um, would love to know from you if you are interested in that. Um, in the meanwhile, if anyone else is super interested in stuff like that, so how can they apply if someone needs to reach out to you and if any of these roles are interesting, um, how is it that Big Will can reach to you? I think just in our Discord, the, the, on the Start Here channel, you have some, some instructions. Uh, and in general, just uh, you know get involved, don't be a stranger, show that you care. Um, come up with ideas on how you could help. Um, yeah, just make it make it easy for us to um, to empower you and so you can add value. Absolutely. And um, Lars, I'd love for you to know because you have been in this space for a while, what is your um, perspective on people's negative connotation towards crypto? You know, calling it a fad, calling it that it's not gonna last very long. A lot of people are associating crypto with like saying like NFT booms, they're mixing up DAOs and NFTs and Dogecoin and whatnot. And I feel like the more I am learning about DAOs is just something I've never seen like anything before. Um, so I'd, I'd love for you to know like, how is it that you know you deal with comments like these, if any? Well, ultimately we are uh, heads down and, and building and um, funding projects that I think will be very valuable. So that will flow back into the treasury and We'll find more research and and our mission is fulfilled so it doesn't all of these things don't really matter as much of course now if if people would sort of uh, uh start looking deeper and and seeing how important this is and and sort of we could have a billion people that care about aging and maybe a few million of those come in and uh participate in vida of course our you know token is going to be able we're going to be able to issue the token and uh and fundraise billions of dollars and, and have even more impact. So I, obviously it helps a lot if if people sort of open their eyes here. But even if not, we, you know, we're doing good work and things are going to come. That's awesome. And I'm so glad to hear that, you know, like they say, bear market is for the builders, right? Like all the noise has died down, you know, everything's died down and you can actually like really focus on building. Phenomenal. Lawrence, I think towards the end, I would just like to ask you is, you know, what is one message that you would like to say to the people? Um, you know, why is it that they should care about 
being in the Web3 space and even like any personal advice that you would really like to share if you had something to say? One <laughs> advice would be to really think about what matters to you and, and how you can minimize your bias and uh, look at how you can have the biggest impact and in, in the thing that matters to you. Um, and then look at what, if, if Web3 is, is a good sort of tool for that it's ultimately it's an experiment you might want to just try and and you know join a discord for a week and see i think it's fun and maybe you'll learn some stuff and if not that's fine do it another way but um if you're willing to try a risky experiment i think uh with a huge potential upside uh and and try it this way and uh, even if nothing so far is actually uh gonna work out i i think the kinds of ideas that are floating around and the discussions you would have with people in, in the space will has a good chance of giving you a, a path forward that can be much better than anything else that existed before in whatever purpose you have, um, if not to, to live uh, longer uh, mm-hmm. than whatever else it might be that is more important. Right. Well, that's phenomenal. <laughs> Thank you so, so much for sharing that. Thanks so much for sharing your story, your learning. It was such a pleasure to host you and such a pleasure to get to know you. Um, any ending thoughts from your side, like anything that I might have missed out on that you would like to say to the community? Would like to have your thoughts on that? Thank you. Yeah, I would love to, to hear more from the community as well. Uh, what kind of things made sense and what didn't. Um, what should I maybe zoom into? Um, I don't know if there were any, any questions in, in some chat that you can relay or anything. We do have a question. Um, would you like to take it up? Sure. Right. So, um, I will just read it out to you. So, um, Amit says, uh, what is your priority as a DAO? To have more users or to have less but contributing members? I mean, how important is it for you to know the members in your DAO? Definitely contributing members, right? I mean, um, just a vanity metric of token holders or, or Discord members or Twitter followers doesn't really help if um, if <laughs> I got to do everything uh that takes me like, you know, 25 hours a day or something. So I definitely need people that can sort of work alongside all of us. Um, so effective people, um, but obviously more people that are also contributing and effective is also even better. Amazing. Uh, we have one more question. Second, Amit, um, Nile, I think we can unmute Amit so Amit can just like ask the question I feel like it'd be really interesting if we can hear his voice live hey thank you thank you so much and uh, thank you so much for all the thoughts uh, because uh, I mean it was absolutely amazing today and by the way I'm a queen fan myself so I love the love the beginning as well uh, just a couple of quick questions I think you answered the first question already um, as if uh, you know if it's important for you to understand what sort of people are in your DAO. And you answered it very well, saying that if you keep doing that, that that's about 25 hours of your day. Uh, let me present something to you, which I will do it separately. Uh, one of my team members is going to reach out to you. But I have another follow-up question. Like, Solana came up with the WebKeep mobile phone. Uh, Ethereum came up with the Merge. What do you think is the way to require the WebKey to move forward? Or, what, are your what is the 
What is the way to what? What, what, what in your opinion is is something that is very crucial and missing in Web3? Maybe uh, a gap in Web3 that you may uh, you, you would want to do something about and you're not able to. Uh, it can be it can be you know uh, as simple as identifying or, or blue ticking every single verified contributor on the chain or something like that. I, I've been I've been uh, you know wrapping my head around it, but uh, I would like to hear any any thoughts of yours as well. I think a seamless sort of integration between you know chat like Discord and and a forum like Discourse with you know sort of token. Um, a way to to use the token to uh, vote and and so on instead of having to go to another platform where there's no comments um and then with that use seamless ways to kind of uh have indeed reputation and and compensation um get tools to sort of easily integrate and verify and award bounties and, and things like that so there's less sort of manual work that's amazing to hear it from you because um, I believe we, we do have a solution on the, on, the, on the things that you're talking about. But as I said, I would not pollute the space and uh, I would take another time to showcase a couple of tools. Uh, one that I asked the first question of and one that's, that I asked the second question of. And maybe we can take this offline sometime. Awesome. Thank you so much for your question, Amit. I feel like we have one question from Anushka. She asks, how long do you think it will take for DAOs to be adopted in mainstream web? and how can we move the process faster? I'm really not a DAO expert, right? I'm just trying to um, accelerate aging research here. Um, and I think DAOs are a great uh, alternative way of organizing people to a, to a common goal. But um, yeah, I have no idea about how long it would take for, for it to get mainstream. I think it's, it's on a really good trajectory. Um, while it being also, of course, a huge experiment and and many ways of doing it. Um, so I'm really excited. I mean, imagine five years from now where we'll be and how things will look like. I don't think this idea, the, the cat is out of the bag. I don't think the idea will go away and definitely not longer than a few years. For sure. I think, you know, uh, what Amit was mentioning about that we as a company are working on this next product, which is called the contribution management tool. After speaking with so many DAO admins, one pain point, you know, which keeps on echoing is um, there's so, like, you have so many different platforms to do, like, one task, right? Like you said, discourse and discord and forum management, governance, bounties, and, you know, so on and so forth. And I feel like we do need one platform to, you know, accelerate that process faster and for it to become more seamless, uh, not, just, not just for admins, but for, you know, contributors themselves. So I feel like he'll connect with you privately and it'll be a great way, you know, for you to, like, get to know that side of us as well. I think it'll be amazing. And um, thank you so much for taking up all the community questions, Lawrence. And thanks, community, for asking your questions. It was such a pleasure to host you today. Thank you for doing this. Um, really, really appreciate you and extremely looking forward to everything that you guys are building. So proud and feel so great about you know all the work that you guys are doing towards longevity. I think, I know it's not easy, but it is absolutely incredible and of such vital importance. So. Um, Thank you. Thank you for doing this today, Lawrence. It was really, really awesome to have you here. Thank you.